What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in. Happy Wednesday. Kind of switching it up because I keep getting scheduled on Saturdays. Somehow I got scheduled for the next two Saturdays. Not happy, but it is what it is. Four straight Saturdays. Unbelievable. This is not the time to complain about my work schedule. Um, we had a, uh, a big night last night, uh, Summer League. We got to see the debut of Zeke Naji. I was really excited to see what he was going to bring last night um, after a, a good, you know, rookie season. Solid rookie season. No, Bones Highlands played yesterday. And uh, we got to see Bull Bull a little bit more, so we'll get into that a little bit. I won another bet between us with Bones Highland last night. You so know, he was, was on pace, but <laughs> he looked hesitant last night. There were a couple shots where I was like, pull it, do it. And he didn't shoot it. And I was like, now you're hesitant? Now now you don't want to shoot from the logo? Oh, cool. And then there was a couple times where, you know, some of the other Summer League players were just like, nope, my time. And they just chucked something up. And I was like, okay, like Zeke Naji. Goodness gracious. 0 for 9, 0 for 6 from 3. Dude. After like the fourth one, I was like, Zeke, for the love (laughs) of God, take it to the basket one time. You don't need to shoot it every time. I, he had a rough night. Um, yeah. But I have a few takeaways from his performance, from Bones' performance, and Bull Bull's performance. Um, but we'll get into that. We can also um, talk about uh, George Payton's comments recently, which has gotten Broncos Twitter in a tizzy uh, with what he said about <laughs> being able to find quarterbacks, how they're more available than franchise corners. Not sure what he was alluding to, but... I'm just hoping that maybe he just minced words, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. And then um, also I'm I'm at a point where, and maybe we'll have time to get to this today, I don't know. Um, I'm at a point where I know who I want to start and we just need to ride it out with this guy because it's pointless with the other guy. So we could talk about that if we have time. But Summer League was last night, Denver Nuggets second game. They got blown out again. Um, to, their, to, to be fair for the Nuggets though, the Summer League squad. Um, they had to sign like three or four guys off the street with no practice. This team went through COVID protocols, so hardly any summer league practice. Um, and then you have Zeke, uh, Bones, and um, who am I missing? Who else was just thrown into the mix last night? thought there was another one. Uh, Marcus Howard oh, well, hasn't Mar- played. Marcus Howard didn't play. Yeah, but I mean, these guys are just, you know. Bones and, and Zeke came in with no practice, got off the plane, and essentially played a game, and yeah. it, it, it you could tell at least for Zeke. I mean, my goodness, but they lose last night, one hundred seven to eighty two. The Celtics summer league team couldn't miss. I mean, they shot forty seven percent from three last night and fifty one percent from the field. They I were think just, they were what nine for their first ten. Yeah, I mean, literally every shot was just net, and I was like, okay. Um, but we can start with Bones. Uh, finished with sixteen points, seven assists. Did have three turnovers, two fouls, two rebounds. Shot 5 of 11, 2 of 7 from 3. Um, to play 25 minutes, I thought overall he had some good moments. He looked really good early. I think some early takeaways for me were he has a quicker first step than I thought he did. Um, he's very crafty. Um, he's His slight frame helps him to squeeze through pinching defenders, so that helps. Um I'm curious to see if he'll be able to get to the basket with as much ease, you know, as he did last night. Um, I don't know if that's just a summer league thing and just a, 
a product of the competition he's facing. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he looks like a guy who can get to the basket when he wants. Um, we know his handle is pretty good. Um, and his shot is obviously what people are most excited about, but he didn't necessarily shoot it well last night. But overall, I thought offensively, he showed some nice things. Playmaking ability was there. He had that good, nice first pass to Bull Bull off the lob. Um, and then there was a couple not-so-nice passes, um, hence the three turnovers. Um, defensively, just just turn your head when he's playing defense. Um, on ball, it wasn't awful, um, although I didn't think that whoever he was guarding necessarily attacked him that often. Uh, but off ball, I mean, there was a couple times where he didn't even, you know, take the roll man. You know, that was his guy to slide down and kind of at least put an elbow on it, make some path of resistance didn't give anything there there was another time where he was just caught in no man's land and his guy backdoored from the wing and he let the he didn't stop ball of the guy who got past the dude on the perimeter so he was just standing there so and then it ended up in a layup or a foul I think but overall I thought it was a solid night you know for for coming off of the plane just getting out of protocols not having any practice I mean to put up 16 and 7 it's pretty good yeah, pretty good. Um, I think the 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 def- like the offense is the easy part for him, right? Yes. You can give him the ball, he'll figure it out. Defense, I that's that's something where you saw getting off the plane and playing a game. That's where that affected his part of the game. Um, so I I I think it's just. It, the one thing that you want to see is his effort. Um, and I, I think he saw that. So, you know, that's where it, he just needs to figure out where to be. But as long as his effort is there on, on defense and he can get maybe a couple of steals, um, then that's where that's what, what will be what gets him on the court. Um, but his offense, I mean, that's what's going to get him to be actually get 15, 20 minutes um in games during the regular season. So I, I think I think he looked really good. Uh what surprised me, to be honest, was his ability to get to the rim. Uh that that was that was the one takeaway that I was like, okay, um that's something that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more of a uh I'm just gonna stand outside, you know, come off screens, uh, you know, just shoot a lot of threes, um, and that's about it. But he got to the rim. He got he got to the free throw line. Was four or five from the free throw line. Uh, the seven assists. He had a few really nice passes. Like you said, he had a couple of bad ones. But uh, I think overall, I think he was actually better than I thought he'd be. Even though he didn't shoot as well as I thought he would, mm-hmm. um, at least from three. Uh, he, I mean, he missed one shot from two. He was five of six from two, um, and then two of or is that right no five no three of four from two and then uh two of seven from three so i that's you know i if he hits two more threes i mean that gives him 22 points and seven assists and we're talking about oh this guy looks like he should start (laughs) for for the nuggets and just keep monte in his role um so that's where you know if he if I think the biggest thing is get him a couple practices, get him a, a I don't know how many games, how many more games they have. They have two you, more. They have two more. Mm. 
I would say by that last one, that's where, as long as he gets the minutes, that's where I want to see him put up 20-plus, 5-plus assists, um, maybe 3-plus rebounds, and him look good defensively. That's, you know, that's kind of my expectations for that fourth game. Again, as long as he gets minutes, I, I don't, obviously, I don't know what their plan is for minutes, but that's where I expect him to get better, uh, especially from the defensive uh, side, just because he should get a few more practices, learn the defense a little bit more. And that's where I want to start seeing maybe a couple, couple of steals uh, in, in that game. So that's kind of my vision for him. Um, and if he can do that, then going into training camp, I, I think he has a good shot to play uh, early on just because initially just watching him play, I think he's better than Marcus Howard. I think he's he's better than um, Shaq Harrison. I think he's I think he's capable of actually doing more than what Austin Rivers can give you. So, you know, if that's the case, then yes, he should play. And and honestly, while Jamal's out, I wouldn't mind just throwing him in into the Wolves, starting him, and bringing Monte off the bench. Where it's your, where it's his normal role, and he can kind of man that bench unit, so that way your bench isn't so, such a disaster. Because I think that's kind of where, we saw, you know, last season is when Monte started, the bench was just a complete mess. So either you start Austin Rivers, or if Bones looks like he can at least, give you a lot of production offensively. I mean, I, maybe you start him. I think he's going to have to. I mean, for that to happen, for him to he's hop Faku and Austin, I mean, he's going to have to play out of his, his mind. I just don't yeah. I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, I think Monte's going to start, and I think Faku and Austin are going to be the two guards in, in that second unit with PJ at, you know, the three or, or whatever the case is. Um, it's going to be tough for him to break it. Um, now... I just here's the but thing. I we, he can break, I think he can at least break into that rotation of the, those three. I'd say barring injury, I don't see how he plays more than garbage time minutes. I just don't see it because we know we have the book on Malone, mm-hmm. and he loves Austin Rivers' tenacity. Austin Rivers is you know he's capable of giving you twelve to fifteen a night. Faku. Yes, there's disadvantages with his height, but his playmaking and his defensive tenacity, I mean, one of those guys would have to be hurt or just be abysmal offensively. Um, I just don't see how he breaks the lineup, which, I mean, that's just kind of been the book on Malone teams. So I don't, it's not like a knock on bones, but, you know, I I just think, I've already think he's hopped Marcus Howard in the priority list um, just because he's a first round pick. Um, he's got more range. He's a bigger guard. Um, so I, it's just going to be hard. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think solid. Yeah, the, the first step, you know, getting to the basket, that stood out to me. I'm just, again, I'm just curious to see if that's something that he's able to do against summer league guys or is that something he can do against, you know, NBA players. And and the good thing is, too, I mean, for the Nuggets, is now this is their first team, first year with a G League team. So he's going to go down. And I'm sure he's going to get a lot of minutes. And maybe, actually, maybe Marcus Howard probably stays up. And maybe you send Bones down in the G League and just let him get run. 
let him play. And that honestly might be the best thing for him yeah. just to play against NBA caliber caliber guys. Um, and then that way, if you need him, you know, you can bring him up. So, but I thought overall a good, a good showing, um, we can get to Zeke real quick before we get to bowl. Uh, I, I think this was just a case of just him not having any practice time. At least that's what I'm hoping. I um, mean, he, he just looked, I mean, you saw with bones, he didn't shoot the ball well either. So no, but um, I mean, you he, know, he didn't go. Oh, of nine. Well, no, and, but and I think part bones, of that was, was bones is also, sure. But I think bones is also a much better three point shooter and he's still struggling. He's just, so, he's just a better score. There's more in his repertoire as, as well. Like Zeke took it to the bat. Like, Zeke has a loose handle, and I'm not, you know, it's, I think we're kind of spoiled with Jokic, you know, guys who can handle the ball. I mean, that's not Zeke, but, like, he's he's a straight line drive, or he's a spot-up shooter offensively. There's well, not he needs really... to get in the post more, and that's that's what, I, I, I'm not sure, and I look, he has he some practice. That. Well, I think he can, because I, I we saw it, I, more specifically, I remember seeing it against Golden State. So, I know he can do it. There was a game against Golden State where he actually played really well. Um, I don't. That actually might have been the game that Jamal got hurt, um, or it was maybe the first one. It was. I know it was in Golden State, uh, but they got blown out. And I thought that he was able to get into the post, and I thought that's where he was most uh, effective. But that's where the the coaching staff needs to get to him and say, "Hey, you know, I'm, we're glad you can shoot threes and you have the confidence to do so, but." <laughs> He can be a really good post player, yeah. um, and and that's where he needs to start. So, and if he's struggling from three, instead of taking, you know, like you said, he should have stopped at four. Uh, at that point, let's let's get him in the post, and and that also part of it needs to be on the coaching staff too. Like, hey, we need to run plays for this guy in the post, and not just have him stand out in the corner. Yeah. That's also something where that that you got to help him out because. You know, for him, I, all for all we know, for uh, his mentality is okay. Well, I just need to stand in the corner and be ready to shoot. Yeah. But instead of doing so, let's let's get let's run plays for him and let's put him in the post. And yeah. I don't think there was one play where he actually did that. I think it was a combination of all those things: just not practicing, him settling, the coaching staff maybe not necessarily getting in his ear. And they interviewed Michael Malone, and of course Malone just. Malone sounds like he's coaching the game. He's like, if Zeke Naji is not hitting his shot, he needs to find other ways to impact the game. I'm like, do you do you just ever just like watch a game as a fan, Malone? Like, do you ever <laughs> just not like analyze things? Like, he was sitting next to MPJ last night, and I'm sure you know MPJ was like, it's okay, just these these games don't matter. Just calm down. <laughs> his face was probably getting red over there. He was probably dying of anger and frustration. But no, Zeke Zeke was rough last night. I mean, he got. He got ankled a little bit um, on one, yeah. and then there was a couple times where his dribble was just loose and he lost it, and then he's just clanging threes, and I'm just like, dude, you look like a, uh, a freshly created my player with no badges <laughs> and no attributes at like overall 65. Like you just you just need to chill out tonight. He was a minus 26 on the night, so it was not a good night for for Zeke Naji, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. Um, Bull. Bull has been a pleasant surprise. Um, game one, he had a nice stat line, 21 points, although he didn't shoot well. Um, but last night, I mean, you see why people are so excited about his skill and his talent. But then there was also moments where it's just like 
you see why he he doesn't play that much for the I almost said the Denver Broncos for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, Bruno, what is his name? Bruno Fernando. I mean, that guy had a field day with Bull. I mean, he couldn't do anything against that guy. He was bullying him. And listen, I mean, I honestly think me and you could move Bull in the post and get a rebound. All right, like Bull, Bull puts up no resistance in in the uh, in the paint for a rebound. Now he's long enough, so I mean, if he's if his arms are near near the ball, he's probably gonna grab it. But if you move him out of position, he's just not gonna fight you back. And there was times where he just just got moved. I mean, he showed a nice you know he showed some nice things defensively, getting a couple blocks. Um, but offensively, I mean, he was great. 26 points, three or four from three. Um, he took some tough shots too. He likes that turnaround short mid range jumper where he's just off balance. Um, but he's been hitting it these past couple games. And then, uh, the nine rebounds, I mean, that stood out, but I guess my hope is that he plays well enough to where a team is like, huh, maybe we can make a call. Because I just don't see how he cracks the rotation. I, I just really don't know how he can have an impact on this team. Well, I think there's a place for him in the rotation because I think that's what the Nuggets need. They need a big who gives you um, who gives you the, the shot block ability. But the problem is, like you said, we could probably move him. <laughs> so he needs to get... Like, they, were, they were guarding him with guards. Right. Well, and, and, and even the announcers, I, I forget who they were, but they even said, instead of putting a big on him, put an aggressive guard on him yeah. to get underneath him. And that's going to bother him more than another big. So what Bolt, Bolt has the talent offensively, but he's, he's too skinny. Um, he's, not, he's, he's not strong enough. Uh, and he's not aggressive enough defensively. Yeah. He should average a rebound per minute. He should, with his height, his length, he should average a rebound per minute. Yeah. That's how, like, that's, that should, that's how big he looks on the court. Long, right? He has the length and the height to rebound get at least one rebound a minute. He had nine. And that's with him accidentally getting rebounds. <laughs> he had one offensive rebound. That was an accident. Like, uh... there is no effort there. The two blocks, those were easy. Yeah, those, those were just, were, I'm taller than you. <laughs> those Right, those are bad shots by the Celtics. So, yeah, you can point to the two blocks and nine rebounds and, hey, look, he, you know, he had nine rebounds and two blocks. Those were literally accidents. Like, those weren't Bull Bull doing it. Those were the Boston Celtics just letting them have it. That's the problem. Yeah. If he is more aggressive defensively, if he is more aggressive on the offensive boards, if he gets stronger, then all of a sudden that stat line should have said 40 and 20, not 26 and 9. That's the difference. Oh, no, and maybe five blocks. Like, that's the difference. And so when I see that stat line 26 and 9, I'm underwhelmed. My expectations for him after being in the NBA for a year 
with his length, with his shooting ability, with his handle, he should be able to, in summer league, he should be able to put four, put up 40, 20, and five blocks. <laughs> I don't know. If, I mean, that's that's a bit unrealistic. Well, no, no, I mean, because, I think 20, because 20 to goes, 25 is fair. No, 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 because if he goes out there and he gets five offensive rebounds oh, and gets gosh. all of those putbacks, add another 10 points. I mean, 40 is a bit insane, though. I mean, nobody in the NBA he averages should, 40. No, but what I'm saying is he should dominate the summer league. Sure, sure. He, he should be able to dominate the summer league. But each strength he has comes with a caveat. He's he's tall, but he's super skinny. He's super skilled. I mean, he's also tall offensively, but, you know, he, you can get under his dribble and frustrate him. You know? So, I mean, he's not very aggressive. He's not, you know, explosive laterally. You know, he got beat a couple times off the dribble by, by that Fernando guy. And I was like, bull. Like... And then and the, the part that gets me, he gets beat by Fernando on one play. And instead of tracking his shot, knowing, hey, I have a 7-8 wingspan. I can gallop like a horse. Why don't I just time his shot and smack it? No, he reaches for the ball and fouls the guy. And it's an and one. And I'm like, what do you talk about having no like awareness of what your gifts are? Like, some guys can get beat, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to pin your shot on the glass. And he's like, no, reach. And I'm like, oh, bull. Like, what are you doing? You could, like, the two blocks he got was the one at the free throw line because the guard, like, pump faked. And then he was like, oh, I guess I'll just shoot it anyway. And Bull's like, no, pow. And he smacked it 15 feet backwards. <laughs> and then the other one was the big was like, ah, I'll be able to get this layup. And Bull's like, no, block to the glass. And I was like what are you guys doing i don't i mean listen again i just i don't know if his future is with this team he he's got great skill there's a lot to be excited about but i just really feel like he's going to be one of those guys that you're like man he's just got so much potential if he could just do this and and those guys are dangerous and we've had a lot of these around here in denver and i just i like bowl he's probably a really good dude but I just don't see a future with him here. And my only hope is that he plays well enough for a team to be like, you know what? Maybe we'll kick the tires on him and see if we can make it work. Right. But I, I'm also, I would also say, I just, I hope that that's not a trade where the Knights are just trying to get a eighth or ninth guy. Well, I mean, I don't know what you get for him. I mean, at best, maybe a second round pick. Well, but no, I mean, cash considerations. I, well, but see, at that point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like, if if there's a scenario where you're going after a superstar and Bull Bull is one of the young pieces that they want, that's fine with me. But what I'm saying, or not even a superstar, what if you're if you're trying to get a starting point guard and put in Jamal at the two, right? Then that's where I'm like, okay, well, then I'm more willing to get you know give up a Bull Bull, but. I'm not. I'm not giving like like for example, R.J. Hampton, right? You, they got they traded R.J. Hampton to get a guy in Aaron Gordon that can help them put them over the top. So if that's Bull Bull, and that's you know if he plays great in the summer league, and you know a, a young team trying you know that has a veteran that just you know wants to that's just rebuilding and doesn't have. Uh, 
you know, really a point to have a veteran point guard or whatever, then that's where I would probably make that trade. But yeah. I, I wouldn't just give up Bull Bull for an eighth or ninth man on the in the rotation. So um, at that point, I'd keep him, see if you can try and get him to put some weight on and see what just, happens. I don't know if he can. I really don't yeah, think he I mean, can. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. I, I mean, I, you look at his dad's build, and his dad was like seven right. five and super right. scrawny. I just don't think Bull physically can put on weight. I think he's just gonna be like that. Like that's just gonna be his build, and teams are just gonna have to like deal with it. <laughs> Pretty much, you're just gonna have to live with what that right. you know those deficiencies bring. Even well, though look, he has he, great skill, he's almost twenty two. So I. Like, I, I'm not willing to give up on a 22-year-old that obviously has a lot of talent for, you know, I don't know, a vending machine. Like, I, I'm not I'm not doing that. So, you know, like... You're not going to get anything for him. Well, then then, then hold on to him. Why why feel the need to, to get rid of him, if that's the case? Well, I mean, I'm saying you. He, I hope he plays well enough to get to the point where you get something for him. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just, I just think he's just going to end up sitting. He's, he's not going to crack the rotation, unless you know there's significant injury, um, or it's blowout time. And you know, all right, time to get bowling. There's three minutes left in the game, so. But I mean, he's looked, he's had some good moments in summer league. He's been fun to watch. Um, but I'm just, I'm just, saying, eh, just, just pass Bones the ball. Like literally, I just fast forward the game until Bones has the ball, when he's out. I'm just like, can we just give Bones every shot? Just run every play for Bones. That's all I want to see. Just let Bones do his thing. Okay. Uh, you I, have I, will say, I will say this, though, about Bones. I think it was a, a really good pick. Uh, at least initially. I think like, the jury's still it, out. Well, I mean, at least just initially watching his first game, I can say I see why they took that guy. I forgot who I saw tweet it. It might have been Blackburn or somebody like that. Um, I think it was Blackburn. You know, he, he, he mentioned something to the effect of, you know, I, I thought the Nuggets needed to get a guy who could slot in to, you know, the guard position and make an impact, but instead they went for the future. You know, they went for a future pick. Um, and listen, everything we've heard about Bones is they love Bones the person, and they right. think he'll he'll fit the team. And that's, that's something you can't underestimate, you know. Um, you have guys like Kawhi Leonard who, as great as he is, I don't think there are a lot of guys that are like, yeah, we love Kawhi type of thing. You know, like this this feels like a front office and a coaching staff that really has a pulse on the team, the guys that they bring in, and they really want these guys to mesh. Now, not all these guys are probably best friends, but it just seems like Bones has a, a really easygoing personality, which is like really most of the the team i mean if you look at him and i think you in a sense take the identity of your best player who's you know he likes to ride horses in the summer and you know do stuff like that so i'm i'm excited for it. a jury's still out obviously it's gonna take another two or three years before we really know the magnitude of this pick and what it means but i think he can have impact you see flashes to where okay maybe ideally one day he could ease into the starting lineup, give Jamal a break off ball, and both of those guys can handle the ball. Both of those guys can create. Both of those guys can shoot. And, you know, 
I'm, I'm excited to see it. So, um, anything yeah. else on summer league before we move on? Um, just a couple of guys that I, that I've really liked, uh, Brandon Boston jr. Um, that he, he was a second round pick, pick 51. That's the guy I mentioned, uh, on draft night that I really liked. Um, he's, he didn't shoot particularly well, but I think he's played really well. Uh, another guy that, and I'm not, he was projected to be a lottery pick. Um, and then there was issues at Arizona state. Um, but Josh Christopher has looked awesome. Um, and he was the 24th overall pick. So, uh, those are just a couple of guys that were later round guys that I really liked that have played really well so far in summer league. Um, and then also I, I do think that Jalen green will be the better of the two between, um, him and after one game, uh, I, I, I just think he has, um, I, look, I think they're both, I think the top three picks, I think they're all all-star players, um, potentially. Uh, and that's why they were the three first picks. Yeah. But I just like what Jalen Green gives you just a little bit more um, than what um, Cunningham does. Well, Kane I, is the more all-around player, whereas yeah. Jalen is like the more offensively gifted guy. Yes, but I'll say this, though. I, I think Jalen Jalen does those things, too. So, you know, I, it's not like Jalen Green is a guy who's going to put up 25 a game and have one assist. You know, he's not going to be MPJ out there. Um, <laughs> he's a guy that <laughs> he he's a guy that I think for Houston, you can he can be your best player and you can build around him. Um, he had 25, five rebounds and three assists. I, I think, you know, he did have four turnovers, um, but. I mean, I'm not really worried about the turnovers for these guys just because they have the ball in their hands so much. Um, but I just think he's a he's a better scorer, and he's not going to be your point guard. He's your he, he's your. Um, I mean, he's a I, six six. He's like a he, two he's three. Your, he, he's he's your. Uh, I don't. He's your Kobe. Where he's no look, I'm, where I'm not saying you're he's. He is Kobe. What I'm saying is he's your best player that can score, that can give you five rebounds and five assists. But is he your point guard? Is he the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands to play make and to – no. But he is how you would build around a Kobe Bryant, how you would build around a Kevin Durant or even a Carmelo Anthony. That's how they should build around him. Where he's, you're not building him, you're not building around him like a James Harden. You're building him around him like a Kobe Bryant or a Melo or a Kevin Durant. Where you're saying, okay, we're gonna get other ball handlers. We need you to score, give you, you know, give us five rebounds, five assists, great. But we need you to score and impact the game in that way, and then defend. And I think he's a, actually a really good defender. So, those are the things where that's why I say I. I like him a little bit more just because with Cade, he can – he's what Ben Simmons should be. But I don't know if Cade is the scorer that I, – I, I don't know if he's oh, going to really get to the – Well, he's a really good scorer, but I don't know 
I, I, I honestly, this the one as far as the first two picks, this might be the best first two picks that we've seen in a very long time. Like both are great, but I think personally, I like Jalen Green a little bit more. And by a little bit more, I mean like 0.1 percent. But like this is probably as far as the first two picks go. I don't remember a draft where I'm like, both of these guys are great. Like, great picks where both of these guys, I I think, could be your best player on a championship team. Like, that's how good I think these guys can be. Um, and then I don't want to forget about Mobley because what Mobley is is fantastic. I just think he's going to take a little bit longer um, to develop. But I, as far as the first two picks, that's it's like it's if um, Melo would have been the second overall pick, which he should have been. Right, like that's how good these two are looking. I'm not saying that Kate is gonna be LeBron, um, but like these two, the future is very bright with the NBA because I think these two have the capability of being the best player in the league one day. And one guy too. Now that you're on this, and, and before we move on, um, I've seen a couple highlights, but Davion Mitchell, the guard from yeah. Baylor, yeah, what he did to to Book Knight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. <laughs> oh my I'm going to steal what Nikias uh, said on Twitter what he did to Book Knight is illegal in 37 states because that guy's defense is insane he is a dog when you talk about that that guy is a dog he's going to be a nightmare for, for Western Conference guards he's going to be one of those guys that you're like oh we have Sacramento tonight and he's going to come on the floor and his he's going to be frothing at the mouth and you're like, oh, what's up with this guy? And he's just going to be in you, 90 feet, in your face. And you're just like, okay, I just don't want to play this guy. Like, no. someone else, please, for the love of God, take the ball. Because yeah. I don't need this. Like, I, I'm already having nightmares now of seeing him pestering MPJ for the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to work six one. Yeah, He's 6'1". Uh, no, and he has the offense, too. It's not like yeah. he's just... Uh, he's not Patrick Beverly. No, he's not Patrick Beverly. He is he's Patrick Beverly's defense, but he is he it's so funny cuz his name is so similar. He reminds me of a Donovan Mitchell. It's crazy. Yeah, but Donovan doesn't play defense like that. Boy, that's what I'm like that's like I'm like holy crap. Um no, I think and and people said this before and I just kind of rolled my eyes, but I after look and it's just summer league and I and I get it. But I haven't seen a summer league like this where you're seeing these rookies come out and just, I mean, absolutely like look like stars. Um, This has potential to be one of the best drafts in NBA history. Like it has the potential to be 96, uh, 84 and 2003. Like that, that's how good these kids look. And it's not just one, two, three, four. It's one, two. Yeah. They look great. But Josh Christopher looks good. Davian Mitchell looks good. Um, like the other guys that were later in the draft look fantastic. Uh, Bones looks good. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, the depth in this draft was it was just ridiculous. If if there's a team that missed, and if there's a team that has bust, then those GMs should be fired because this draft was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to watch Davion Mitchell. Just he's gonna he's gonna make some some Western Conference guards pretty angry this year. 
Oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited I, I to watch it. I'm the first, the one game I want to watch is watch him with Chris Paul because Chris Paul is very sensitive. He is. He's a very sensitive guy. Davian Mitchell can can pretty much take Chris Paul out of the game. Tim, Russell Westbrook, you know. Just... Uh, we'll see. I what I'm curious is the bigger guards because Davian Mitchell is only six one. Well, yeah, so I mean, I'm Russ curious... is a bigger guard. Russ is six three, six four. Right. Well, that's you know, what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. Him against Damian. Well, you know, that, well yeah. I mean. Just, Don, just to see him pester these guards and just to, well, but know, I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll bother the bigger guards as much. You know That's who won't I'll... back away from Davion though. Donovan. Oh fuck. That's <laughs> That's a matchup. <laughs> they will both go a hundred miles an hour at each other. They're like yeah. Rams oh, yeah. going to butt heads. <laughs> And they just back up, and then they just run full speed and hit each other in the head again. And then they back up and they do it again. Goodness, it's exhausting watching those guys play like that. Um, yeah, but no, yeah. he's gonna be fun to watch. All right, this is a this is a fun draft. I the, for the first time in a very long time, I I'm very excited to watch these guys play in the NBA. There's gonna be some some interesting and, and fun guys to watch. But um, where do we want to go? Oh, um, uh, George Payton. Oh God! He's been getting um, some flack on Broncos Twitter because he recently told Peter King, uh, "I don't want to get the quote the quote wrong, so I'm just gonna look it up." But it was essentially to the effect of, you know, quarterbacks. He didn't say franchise quarterbacks, but he said quarterbacks are more available in recent years than franchise corners. On the surface, that doesn't sound great. Um. Because you're like, what are you talking about? Like, are you saying it's easier to find good quarterbacks than it is to find franchise corners? Um, it's just a weird, like, like was he talking about it? Because he mentions franchise corners, but he doesn't mention franchise quarterbacks. So, I mean, I guess if we're looking at it in the sense of, you know, yeah, of course it's easier to find your Joe Schmo quarterback than a franchise corner. But if he's alluding to, like, oh... It's it's easier to find franchise quarterbacks than franchise corners. Then I'm like, well, you just haven't been here for like the past five, six years. Um, or you haven't been a part of the Jets who have I, – I just heard the stat this morning. They've spent their like the last six or seven first-round picks on quarterbacks, first and second-round picks, and none of them have hit. So I just – I'm not sure where he's going with that. And it just, again – makes me feel very uneasy with the person that we have running the front office. Well, I'll say this. I need, an, I need to hear the whole thing because, I, like you said, if he's talking about finding guys like Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, that's obviously a lot easier than um, drafting a, um, a guy like Patrick Sertan. So, like, I, I understand that. Um, it, but if the question was about passing on Justin Fields... That's where I I I start to lose it. Um, yeah, let me because try to find the quote right now. In all accounts, I, Justin Fields has looked terrific. I want to hear the question, because I don't. Was it about passing up on a guy like Justin Fields, or was it about Teddy Bridgewater? Because those are two very different things. Very different things. Um, Justin Fields apparently has looked terrific. He looks the part. He should not have dropped the way he did. I said that on draft night. 
I think Justin Fields probably should have been the second overall pick as much as I like Zach Wilson. Um, I thought Justin Fields should have been the second overall pick. Um, so, like, I, I don't understand. I, I will never understand why <laughs> why the Broncos passed up on Justin Fields. Nobody I, just, I, I, will, I will never understand that. This is punishment for me making fun of Sean for the Bears passing on Patrick Mahomes and going up for Mitch Trubisky. This is now punishment for that. Well, but this is worse because that because well, I mean they traded up. Though. Well, sure, sure, but what I'm saying is they at least try. They at least took the shot. Yeah, but they passed up Deshaun Watson and. Patrick well, I, I look. I guess Patrick I, Mahomes I to a lesser extent, but, but Deshaun but Watson. Here, but here's what I've always said, right? I would rather take the shot and miss, than continue to pass up on quarterback after quarterback after quarterback in the first round. This is this is number two. It, it was Josh Allen and 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 now um, Justin Fields. This is two quarterbacks in the last four years that they have passed up on when they had opportunities, when you had a top ten pick. So that's to me that is worse than what Chicago did because at least Chicago had the balls to take the shot. Um, you know, I, I, look, the, it's that quote, right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So at least, at, at least the Bears tried. A for effort. <laughs> yeah, A for effort. And look, if you, and what, this is what I've always said about quarterbacks. If you love the quarterback, go take him. Do everything you can to go get him. They love Trubisky. Was it the right pick? No. At the end of the day, it wasn't. But they loved him. There was things about him that they loved. So they 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 went and took that shot. For the Broncos, look, if they had loved Trey Lance, like loved Trey Lance, why not move up to go get him? Well, that's a perfect segue because I now have the quote. So I'm going to read you just some like context before Peter King writes it because it was in an article to for Pro Football uh, yeah, Pro Football Talk. So he says Peyton gets knocked for not choosing Justin Fields or Mac Jones with his first round pick. Um Let's see, and he'll have to live with the results, but he wasn't convinced Fields or Jones would be a franchise quarterback. Had he been, he probably would have taken one. He'd been watching Sertan in college for three years, and he was sure the son of the former NFL quarterback could be a combination cover slash physical corner in a league hungry for versatile cover players. Finally, he felt a duty to the franchise to give Locke a legitimate shot to be the long-term guy after predecessor John Elway picked him 42nd overall two years ago so he could have taken the plunge for a quarterback he liked but didn't love and chose to pick a sure thing at a lesser position but an important position nonetheless here's the quote plus and this is not why we did it speaking of drafting why they drafted uh, Pat Sertan but quarterbacks are available more than franchise corners every year at least the last couple years said Peyton so Again, it's still kind of like a vague quote. Okay, like, you know I'm what? still not I, sure I'll what say, exactly he's alluding to. I'll say this. It is vague, but I think he is alluding to he took he took Sertan because um it's harder to find that guy than um a um a starting quarterback. I I'll I'll say I'll say this, a franchise quarterback. So it does sound like uh it does sound like that. Because um, the feel I I'll got say, from it when I first read it I'll, was I'll that he's 
he's saying that it's easier to find a starting quarterback than it is a franchise corner, which if that's what he's meaning, then yes, that's true. But obviously it's not easier to find a franchise quarterback than a franchise corner. I'll say this. I think George Payton was in a tough spot. Absolutely. Because because John Elway is not gone. So if if it was a complete revamp where John Elway was no longer part of the team, um, I I honestly think he would have taken the quarterback. I I think part of it is I he felt the obligation to give Drew Locke a chance. And that's that's what it says right here. I mean, which. I mean, finally, he felt a duty to the franchise to give Locke a legitimate shot to be the long-term right. predecessor. Which, okay, I get that a little bit, but then again, like, so, so what he, so here's, in, okay, if I'm George Payton, I think, and, and I think I said this before the draft uh, a few months ago. I said, I think the smart, the win-win for George Payton, okay, is to not draft the quarterback. Because if, if you take the best player available, which in this case is Sertan, then and he works out, not only do you get the great corner, right? But with Drew Locke, you you roll with Drew Locke. If it works, then you look like the the genius who who continued to believe in, in Drew Locke, and it was the, the Josh Allen effect, right? Yeah, you struck gold. You struck gold on being patient, and you, you, you get the you know more than half the the Broncos fan base is is happy about it. Whatever. Okay. The other side of it is you take Sertan. Let's say Drew Lock falls flat on his face. Well, in that case, if he if that is if that is what happens, more than likely you're a five six win team, right? So then, in next year's draft, you take the quarterback. Now here's the pr- now in next year's draft, what you do is you give up the the draft picks to go up and get someone that you do actually love. The problem is that in that scenario is that there's a lot of risk because it wasn't said to be a very good quarterback class. Mm-hmm. But every year there's a one or two quarterbacks that just come out of nowhere, right? the Zach Wilsons of the world, the Joe Burrows of the world. So he is, so that's where he was saying it's easier to find that quarterback because they just pop up every year. There's, there's always that one or two guys every year that just lights it up in college. Um, with corners, he is right in a way, like how many great corners are there? And if Patrick Sertan does end up being the champ Bailey of this team, then it was a great pick. So now, now the other side of it is uh, if Justin Fields goes on to you know win three Super Bowls <laughs> and be a Hall of Famer, then that's where you gotta live with you gotta live with that. But the the chances of that, to be honest, is very low. So I he did the safest thing so i don't knock him for doing the safest thing um and if he didn't love justin fields which a lot of people didn't love justin fields then fine um but 
Patrick, in that case, though, Patrick Sertan better work out. If and, he is the sure thing that you're saying, then he better be a Ring of Famer at the very least. Well, and by everything we're hearing out of camp is that he looks the part of, like, right. he, he's going to be a player. Um, and part of me, I guess, this kind of what, what Peyton's describing here is kind of where I was at pre-draft. I said, if the Broncos are going to draft a guy, I'd rather them fire everybody, start afresh, get your own guy. If you're going to keep it all the same, ride it out with Drew, Fangio gets another year, and then if it doesn't work, you clean slate and you start fresh. It sounds like that's what Peyton's going to do this year. It's a win. It's a win-win for George Payton in going that route because if he would have took Justin Fields and traded Drew Locke, all of a sudden, what if Justin Fields doesn't work out? Well, then it's a it's it's a well, or what, what if you get Fields and he he looks fine, he he shows flashes, but you fire Fangio because ultimately it wasn't good enough, and that's three years of losing, and then you bring in a new guy, and that new guy doesn't like Fields or he doesn't right. you know right. integrate him. So in that sense, you know, I can I can kind of level with him with a you know a little bit there. Um, you know, I think he, he he did the one he went the one route that's a win win. He's building and, and up the was, best team possible and trying to give a good team around Drew Lock for him to succeed for Fangio and to succeed. Yeah. And if they right. don't, there's your reason. Clean now slate. you're both gone. Um, which I guess on the outside looking in, I can understand, and that leads me back ultimately to square one where I was at in the offseason. Let Drew play it out. I see no point in letting Teddy Bridgewater be the starter of this team unless right. he's injured. There is no point. Because we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. We know that there is a hard, and when I say hard, I mean like cement ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe you hit the wild card. Maybe you eke out a win. This team is not a Super Bowl winning team with Teddy Bridgewater. Are they, are they with Drew Locke? No, probably not. But again, if we're going to go the route of what Peyton said, he felt like he has a legitimate, you know, duty to give Locke a chance to be the long-term guy, then what are we doing? Just make Locke the starter. Why are we even having this, it's a 50-50 coin, why are we well, even doing this? Because, well, then that, and, and, and that's where it falls on Fangio. Right, and I think you now where see 100% where fan. And the front now you offense see- wants to go. Yeah, you see where the front office wants to go is Drew Locke. But with Vic Fangio... He's trying to save his job. Well, here's the problem with Vic Fangio. Well, yeah, sure, he might be trying to save his job. But the other part of it is he doesn't know anything about the offense. Yeah, every day there's no separation. Right, so he he has no idea what he's doing on the offensive end. That's the problem. So Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. He is a great coach on the defensive side. He is absolutely clueless when it comes to the offensive side. And we've seen that in multiple games over the last two years, right? We've seen it multiple times in each season. There has been quotes of his where it's he's literally said he does not pay attention to the offense. So he has no idea what he's doing on the offensive end. So... If that's the case, then that's why he, it's, we're in a quarterback competition. If it was any other head coach who knew a single percent about the offense, it would be Drew Locke's team, Teddy is the backup, and that's it. 
29 out of 30 coaches in the NFL right now, uh, you know what, 99% of the coaches in the NFL right now, whether they're defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, uh, hell, uh, cornerback coaches, it doesn't matter. They would have all put Drew Locke as number one and given him the shot and said Teddy Bridgewater is the backup until proven otherwise. And that's it. 99% of the league would have made that choice. I mean, get even one percent is Vic Fangio. Like Drew Locke has to be for him not to start. Now I'm I'm at the place where Drew Locke just needs to start, unless he is just like utterly abysmal, like Paxton Lynch bad. Like it's right. it's not even. And he hasn't been that. No, uh, but again, I mean, it's not like he's <laughs> from what I'm reading and seeing and hearing from people that go to camp a lot. It's not like he's built on anything from last year. You know, there's still some same struggles, and I don't. I don't know. I just just start him. We're gonna ride it out. This team is not gonna win a Super Bowl this year, so I think we just need to get through get that through our heads. And you know, another thing too, when I'm reading this quote and you know from Peyton and saying you know there's quarterbacks available every year, is it possible also that he's probably just hedging his bet to see what happens with Rodgers next year, what happens with Deshaun Watson, right. what happens with Russell Wilson? Because, I mean, there was some, some scuffles there last year, or, you know, this offseason early. So there's probably part of him saying, you know what, I'm just going to wait this one out too. And listen, Peyton has like a five- or six-year deal. So right. theoretically, he doesn't have to go all in right away. He can kind of just see what he has. You know, he, he can see what he has in Cortland Sutton, whose contract is coming up. He can see what he has in Bradley Chubb, whose contract is coming up. He can he can make a decision on you know is Noah fan a guy I can extend long term and things like that. Well, don't forget all the free agents that he brought in on the defensive side. We went over it. He could get rid of every single defensive player within the next either by the end of this season or by the end of next season. Yeah. And there's a reason why he did that is because if it doesn't work with Vic Fangio and they lose and it doesn't work with Drew Locke, his ability to reset is very easy very easy he can reset like that and so he did it the smartest way possible and here's like you said he had a five he has a five six year contract right well you can always be fired that contract can always be two three years and if he would have taken that risk on mac jones or justin fields and they didn't work out that contract goes that that contract goes to from six years to three years. Yeah, real you're quick. tied to a guy. Now he's not tied to a guy. Eventually he'll have to be, but this first year just kind of like a gimme year, just you know, feeling it out type of thing, and we'll right. see where it goes next year. Depending on what he does at the quarterback position, that's who he's going to be linked to. Whether he drafts mm-hmm. a guy, whether he gets a Rodgers in free agency or via trade or somebody like that somehow, then he's linked right. to the guy. But this year. Just kind of like, ah, yeah. And this I, is I a think what do we of, have to lose this year type right. of year. And I think part of not taking Justin Fields, too, is it's it's just too risky. He, he was too scared to do so because, well, he he needs to save his job, too. Right. Right? Which and, I guess, in a sense, I like. Now, if Fields becomes a, a dude, then it's like, okay, well, your decision-making just sucks. But at least we can hang our hat on if he feels any doubt it seems like he's not going to go that route. So right. at least I can take solace in that. Like he's only going to do it if he's sure about it. But then on the flip side, 
Hopefully he's right about what he's so sure about. That's the only issue here. So, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, but at this point, I don't. I could care less about how Drew Locke performs in the preseason. I mean, again, unless it's completely unwatchable and he's unplayable, make him the starter. There's no yep. point for Teddy Bridgewater to be the well, starter. And, and, and someone said this, I don't remember who, but you're hurting Drew Locke right now. Absolutely. Like Vic Fangio choosing to do this stupid-ass 50-50 thing was the a same dumb thing they did with uh, Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. Yeah, it, it's the dumbest thing you could have done because now, even even if you choose Teddy Bridgewater, you hurt Teddy Bridgewater because he, he's this is his first year with the team. He if you're wanting to start Teddy Bridgewater, he needs to be getting all the reps. If if it's Drew Locke, well, Drew Locke is young. He needs to be getting all the reps. You're hurting the starter no matter what. And it's just, it was a, this is why I also thought maybe bringing in Teddy Bridgewater was a bad thing because yeah, you're, you're like, everyone wanted to give competition, give Drew Lock competition, but, but now you're seeing why that was not the right move to do because you're creating a quarterback competition in which now neither guy is getting all the reps. And, and so you're hurting everyone. And so I get – look, bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, you need a good backup quarterback because what we've seen from Drew Locke so far is we I, – I think it's a very good chance that Drew Locke does not play all 17 games, right? So you need a backup quarterback. That's understandable, but you have to make it a point when you go out and get that backup quarterback that he is your backup. And you're not doing a stupid competition, and and so I, all those people that were like, oh, just Drew Lock just needs competition. That's it. That's that's all he needs. He just needs competition, and and he'll prove it. No, that's not what he needed. What he needed was for you to give him all the reps, was for you to give him all your confidence, so that way he can you can max his potential. Doing this 50-50 quarterback competition is not maxing his potential. It's just hurting him. Yeah. I agree. Well, we have preseason game number one on Saturday against Minnesota. Uh, Drew Locke is the starter for that one, so he will start the game. I think uh, Fangio already said that they're going to play. Both of them will play more than one quarter. So could see a, a half out of Drew Locke. So excited for that. No reason to see Brett Rippon. We don't need to see Brett Rippon at all. There's only three preseason games now. So give Locke a half, um, you know, maybe a quarter and a half. Uh, maybe you play – so maybe he plays first quarter, halfway into the second quarter. Give Teddy the, the rest. Give Locke the first half in game two, and then give him the full game in game three. Yeah. Or at least maybe three quarters of that. So, all right. That's going to do it for us today. This is probably the shortest podcast we've ever done under an hour right now um but i mean we're in full force we're, we're coming down the road to football season um i'm still undecided on 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 your offer i'm still weighing it with my counsel yeah steven is playing fans football so we um, will have um never we will to that. you know we will have uh <laughs> we we will I'm, have some fun bets throughout the, the i'm football speaking season. with my with my team um we're weighing our options 
and we're going to do what's best for us at the end of the day. And by my team, I mean me and my stomach. So, well, the offer is on the table. Okay, uh, I'll just announce this to everyone. Uh, well, first off, the the to play it's twenty dollars. Um, if you win, I think you win like a hundred and sixty bucks. Uh, second place gets like certain amount. Third place gets their money back. Um, so uh, we might not give actually third place money. We might just do first and second this year. Um, I haven't decided on that. So it's twenty dollars. But for you to play, I've offered. You can get a. Uh, did I say twenty or ten? Twenty. Well, 20? At first you said ten, but then you upped it to twenty. Okay, okay. So a $20 gift card to Crumble, uh, and you don't have to uh, pay your um, uh, for the Middleton bet. So really, your buy-in, so really, so really your buy-in is free. I still need the, the $20 cash, but then I'll send you a $20 gift card. So you just spend your $20 on Crumble, essentially, yeah, um, with, the, with the chance of winning it back plus more. Um, so your buy-in is free, uh, and you don't have to pay, so and then you don't have to pay. I'm and, already and feeling thing. stressed out about it, and I'm not even committed to it. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, if you do say yes, there's still a chance that we don't play because I'm still trying to get people to fill in. Uh, I want bare minimum 10. I prefer 12. Who but do you if have we can't right get, now? If we can't, well, it's my family league, but a lot, some of the um, people aren't playing. Uh, they didn't play. We didn't play last year because of COVID issues. Um, and then uh, there's a few people that are actually uh, police officers, and so I don't know if they are playing um, due to some personal things. Uh, so gotcha. um, I am still working on trying to get ten people. If that if we don't hit that ten people, then um, then we won't play. So even if you say yes, there's a chance that we won't play. But I have six, and if you play, then I have seven. Have you asked like Anthony and those guys? Uh, no, I I was gonna actually ask Anthony um, if uh, we didn't hit that. I don't want to get too many people. That's the thing. So I'm giving the people who who've been part of this league first dibs right and then i will be asking uh new people after that um i ask you every year so <laughs> you <do>. you <laughs> so i so you've had a spot in the league uh, you don't know it but you've had a spot in the league for the last five years um this actually this league we've been doing for maybe seven years now maybe seven seven or eight um, but yeah, so I'm giving the people who've been part of the league first dibs. I actually think I have seven already. So if you play, that's eight. Um, yeah, six, seven. Yeah, and then if you play, it's eight. So then I would just need two more people. Um, if the people who I'm waiting on, there's three others that I'm waiting on. If all three want to play, then that brings it to 11. That's where I would have to find another person. Um, I guess, I mean, don't have to, but I like it even number. Yeah. Um, so then that's probably where I would ask Anthony if they don't want to play, then I'd have, I'd ask Anthony and then I'd have to find someone else, um, right. as well. Well, you know so, what? I will give you a decision today by okay. 8 PM Eastern standard time. You will have a decision. Okay. Sounds good. 6 PM mountain already like scratching 
like my body's heating up thinking about playing fantasy football. It makes me so angry. But see, here's the thing. When we play each other, I'm sure we're probably going to put like a $10 crumble on it, right? Yes, I know. And then that's that's going to make it even more irritating because then if I lose, then I'm like, not only did I join this blasted league and I'm losing and I'm upset because the second wide receiver on Philadelphia's roster can't catch what, what one happens, more ball. What happens if Aaron beats you because she's playing? Well, that that's fine. You know, whatever. But if okay. you beat me. But she knows nothing. Well, then that would be disappointing. She just accidentally wins. <laughs> or She's has like, it. which guy plays for – which logo would eat well, the I'm other pretty, logo? Well, she played for the first time two years ago. She's only played one year. Um, and in that draft, when it got later in the draft, I was just telling her to like pick whoever. She just started picking who she thought was cuter. So, <laughs> I mean and, – and you know what? She actually made the playoffs. That's insane. She, I think she finished third or fourth. It is actually insane. So, yeah. All right. Well, you'll have a decision today. Okay. Sounds but good. we are barreling down the road. Preseason game number one, Saturday. So, oh, yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun bets between us over the course of the year. It's going to be. Oh, like I said, I still have a, I have a ton. Did I, did I ever send you my bets for that? Nope. Nope, not yet. I'll send uh, we'll, right we'll, yeah, we'll do that probably, what, right before the season starts? Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a very, very fun year. And uh, if it's me winning a lot, it's going to be a very fun year because well, see. I'll let you hear it, which is, um, you know, I, I, I like to. <laughs> that's why it's just not going to happen. You know, first off, I'm still, listen, okay, I'm I'm like famous now, so, uh, no, and I'm the reigning Pick'em champion. Like the video that I tweeted out. Had like it's kind of crazy actually. It's had like twenty eight thousand views, which I didn't think that like that video. Like there's sometimes I'll tweet stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, this is hilarious. This is gonna get so many likes and retweets and it get like four. And I'm like, what? And then I tweet a video of Jamal jogging, and people go nuts over that. And I'm like, what? But well, you know. to be fair, what the hell? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, excusez-moi. Like, right now, it's at 27.4 thousand views, which is kind of insane. But, yeah, no, he's four months removed. And, I mean, I don't I don't know if that's normal, right? But it, it just seems like no, really no, that's, soon. That's not normal. That's why it has 27,000 views. It just this, seems really this, soon, right, for him to be jogging. Not, like, he's not yes. sprinting, and he's not, like, well, laterally cutting or doing did you did you when uh th during the summer league game last night did you hear Connolly's uh no. interview uh, he said no. that they've had to slow jamal down several times well i believe it and like when i saw that part of me was like i'm so happy but then the other part of me was like i'm so terrified so well, like, what are we doing that's why i sent you the gift i sent you <laughs> somebody somebody get a trend like if i was in there i'd get my tranquilizer and when he's not looking shoot him right in the butt cheek and he's going down <laughs> and we're picking him up we're tying him up in bubble wrap and we're just going to keep him in the training room and that's what we're going to do so i just it's, it's not normal it's not normal this is this is why i said you know when the injury happened out of all the guys this is the one guy i would not be shocked if yeah. he come came back earlier well, than we expect and Honestly, he's looking like he could come back day one, and it's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's what a lot but... of people are saying. So they're like, "So he's good for opening night, then?" And I'm like, "No, 
Well, I, and I think all he's really doing is is like vertical things, right? He's just running straight. Yeah. He's no, not. He's, he's not no doing cutting. the right. There's no cutting and stuff. So if he would have been uh, doing like cutting and th- I would have been like, okay. I I think I would have probably he, passed he out. He has a genetically engineered ACL <laughs> implanted, or Canadian ACLs are just legendary. One of the two. Um, I mean, it reminds me of what what happened with Adrian Peterson. Remember, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL, came back in eight months, and won MVP. Um, (laughs) Didn't he run for two thousand yards that year? Yeah, yeah. He he took the MVP away from Peyton. That was Peyton's first year. Now that we're thinking about it, was he on like steroids? Should we have like an investigation into this? I'm sure he got tested every week. (laughs) Like, are, are we sure like he didn't like take deer antler? He has a bionic knee, and I think Jamal Honestly. has those genes as well. Apparently. I Listen, if Jamal comes back in six months and he's playing, all right, then he's just not human. So, Or, no, exactly. or ACL surgery has come along. Out of all way. the guys, though, to do that, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he doesn't – that wouldn't surprise me. Like, he is – he works harder than anyone. No, you know what happened? Team. I figured it out. You know what happened? Jamal tore his ACL. The first call he made – was to the magic healer Garrett Bowles. Because we know Garrett Bowles, he was being carted off the field in training camp a couple years ago. He was crying, and then he was back out there the next day. So Bowles was probably like, yes, I will come. I wonder if it wasn't a full tear. Uh, I think it was a full tear. Well, then, who's his doctor? (laughs) We need to get his doctor. Is his doctor allowing this? (laughs) I... I don't know. I would assume. I mean, he had a nice trainer. He's in the facility. So, um, you know, I I, just, I guess he is approved to do those things. I just. It just seems very soon. Just very, very soon. But I still don't think he plays before the month of February at the minimum. No, no. So, like, he's going to. I mean, listen, this guy was oh, also still- jumping up and down in the playoffs on his knee. Like a and month or like two, two removed. Yeah, that was two months. After. And I'm like, yeah. we're like, whoa, stop! <laughs> like, what? is is he allowed to? Should he be walking, or like, shouldn't he be in a wheelchair, in a boot of some sort, um, on crutches? And he's well, like say, jumping. I'll say this: I would not be shocked if he's back by December. <sighs> that terrorist five. I that, I, that I think I think me. I think in his mind that's his goal, is December. That's just terrifying I to me. I guarantee you that's his that's his goal. And if it's that's if, if that's his goal to hit December, then that's honestly, six months. right. Well, what I'm saying though is if that's his goal, I, I, I think he does it. If he hits six months and gets through the rest of the season and doesn't get re-injured, he is the best healer that has been known to man. <laughs> There's, there is no no. I would I would not let him do that. Is that six months? When did he t- no? April. That'd be eight months. Oh yeah, yeah eight but... months. Sorry, I'm thinking October <laughs> because the season starts in October. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but no, eight months. I, I, look, I I think he plays in December. I I, I think it, I think in his I mind that's the goal. I will. I if I see him announced <laughs> in a starting lineup, tackle him and then re-injure it. That would be devastating. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't tackle him. I would run out onto the court and beg him, please, don't do this. Please. I will risk going to jail for the night. Please, don't 
do this. <laughs> and then hopefully Jokic comes and carries me away to my cell. He just, he just scoops me up like a little baby and just pats me on my back as I'm crying and just takes me, takes me away in the tunnel. Don't let him do it, Jokic. Don't let him do it. All right. We'll see. But I'm hoping he just takes it easy. All right. Uh, yeah, no, that that's not going to happen. With you. No, it's not. It's not. I'm just scared. But <laughs> I'm so scared. It's like, if he comes back, I'm literally going to watch every game with my eyes closed and, like, my eyes peeking through my fingers. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be like like watching Peyton when he first started playing. Yeah, don't don't hit him. Just fall when gently. He, that, that, first, that first hit he took against Pittsburgh – yeah, we I'm got pretty murdered. sure. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I peed myself. Like, well, there goes there goes our season. He's, <laughs> Peyton's dead now. So glad you. Hope you feel good about yourself, Pittsburgh. You have a team full of murderers. Uh, speaking of Peyton, his his speech was great. So it was. It was and, and you know what? Like I get they were trying to put timers on it and everything like that, but his should have been one where they're like, just go, like take however long you need. Yeah. Also, all the people saying that he should become a sure he's not going to do that. Um, yeah. Well, I think he, he just he wants to be a part of a team. He wants to own a team. You know, yeah. be like a. Everyone's president. saying, well, he should be the commissioner. Yeah. You know how hard it is to be the commissioner. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and plus, like that, that is also a job where you can be kind of hated by players too and fans. Right. I don't right. think Peyton would want that. No. Um, but the part where he was talking about. Uh, I think Ray Lewis just finished his speech <laughs> two minutes ago. Oh, the, re- the response by the fans to Tom Brady was great, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> by, by the time Tom retires, he'll only have enough time to post his Hall of Fame speech on Instagram. That was hilarious. Um, I, that's what I'm curious to see, too, is when Tom retires, to see if the sentiment around him changes. I think it will. I, well, I think it's already changing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess now that he's out, yeah. I think now that he's out of New England, I he's think people, likable. yeah. But I mean, still people still hate. Him. I mean, he still got booed when they mentioned his name and they put him on the screen. Well, they were still booed. Yeah, him. I, I think he's. You know what? Brady would be a perfect commissioner because he's already going to get booed no matter what. Uh, that's true. That's true. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, Jamal's trainers are listening and they let him take it easy. Just get that well, tranquilizer. I well, I think they're trying. <laughs> right in the left buttocks. Just pow. And he just falls. Just boom. And then you just you just pick him up. You just put him in a little bobsled. And you just carry him away. Just lock him, lock him in the training room. You might have to shackle him up a little bit. Just put that knee in bubble wrap. Yeah, and then you're going to come back and he's out on the court playing. <sighs> yeah. Knowing him, he probably has superhuman strength and he can <laughs> break through. I'm telling if he plays... Before the playoffs this year, he's he is not human, not human at all. Before the playoffs, yeah, yeah. I think I think no matter what, the target date would have been like March. Yeah, but that's like a month before the playoffs, though. I think the playoffs start in early April. This yeah, year. I mean, if he's playing in October, he's not human at all. Oh, he's yeah. alien. Yeah, I don't. I just. I would love to see him play, but I don't want to see him play. I really do. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see him play. I do want him back out there, but I don't want him out there. It's a, it's an internal struggle that I'm going through. All right, from Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Priest Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast.